2: Hi everyone, welcome to episode 178 of the All Dolphins Podcast on this Thursday, December 28th, 2023. Before we start talking about the issues of the day, hat tip to our player, former player who wore number 78. First, first go around, we obviously mentioned Richmond Webb. Um, who unfortunately, as the finalists were for the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2024, were announced on Wednesday night, was not part. wasn't even a semifinalist, which kind of semi-disrespectful if you ask me. Um, and we had also mentioned Terrence Fede. So for the second go-around, we're going to mention somebody who didn't play very long for the Dolphins, but I wanted to throw him out there because he's a former UM star. And he was a very high-profile player. The Dolphins acquired in a trade with the Baltimore Ravens, okay, the opponents acquired oh. seventh-round pick. Come on, you can do it. Very, very large offensive tackle. Who I would oh, argue seventh round
1: with. picks, 7th seventh, seventh-round pick.
2: Yes, he was. Just, for the, he was at the end of his career, and I would argue, if you go back, had a legitimate case. If ever an offensive lineman should have won the Heisman Trophy, his last year at the University of Miami, he was absolutely phenomenal. Completely destroyed. Okay. Dwight, Dwight Freeney.
1: Oh, okay. On. I I know you said the Dolphins acquired him for a seventh round pick. Yes. yes. Yeah. He just made the College Football Hall of Fame, by the way.
2: As well, he should have. Now Bryant we, we didn't. There you go, Brian McKinney.
1: Hmm. Bryant McKinney. He's he's a he's a mover and shaker down here in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Still in 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 the community, and and um um I'm um, I'm sure he's very proud of all the things that he's accomplished, and that includes his playing career. Um, where he is associated with an infamous uh uh um uh party but party boat boat. Trip. boat trip, yeah. Party boat, boat trip boat. in Minnesota, but he still lives that lifestyle down here, by the way. Um but Bryant McKinney, I think he's a Hall of Fame caliber player. You don't think he's a Hall of Fame caliber player? Mm-hmm. No,
2: no, I don't think you want
1: Richmond, Hold on, You want Richmond Webb to make it in Hall do. of Fame. I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I think Richmond Webb not being a semi-finalist was kind of insulting, especially when he's probably at the front of the line for Hall of Fame worthy players that are are if the Dolphins had a short list. But come on, Brian McKinney has to be Hall of Fame worthy.
2: Well, here's the thing, and I just looked up his bio here. Not that the Pro Bowl should be used as a major gauge for everything. However, it is used when when the the Hall of Fame voters make their case for certain candidates. Brian McKinney was selected to one Pro Bowl's entire career. Really? So, yeah. But I go it's back to his, his final year UM, the UM played Syracuse and he went up against Dwight Freeney, and he made the dude disappear like yeah. nobody's business. It was crazy. And I bring him up. Again, because the Dolphins are playing the Ravens, and that's who the Dolphins got him from. Also, because it was in the comment, I'm going to repeat what I say all the time. Whoever we recognize for the jersey number is not necessarily the best player to wear that number. It's somebody who strikes me for whatever reason, and I was scolded for yesterday at 77. Oh, you were
1: scolded. You were scolded in the comments.
2: For not mentioning A.J. Dewey. Who wore number seventy seven had one of the greatest de- defensive performances in Dolphin history, playoffs or regular season, when he had the three picks in the nineteen eighty two AFC Championship game. So,
1: oh, all did of they get game. on you? Oh, did they get on you? Man. Did you, did you at least make, make Dewey your 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 first go round mention, or did no, you Jake skipped Long, him twice?
2: It was Jake Long the first time I, I stuck him twice. There's nothing personal.
1: You snubbed um, him twice. Wow, now I see what the beef is.
2: Yes, and AJ <laughs> Dewey, former first round pick from LSU, is not because I don't know who he is and I saw his whole career, interviewed him uh after his career was over. So I'm enjoying um, this.
1: <laughs> Here the, the, with people, the people who actually love, and there are people who actually num- love this numbers thing and this throwback to history. Um, they they got on you yesterday, they were like a snub for AJ Dewey again. I was like, man. Yeah, runs. our buddy Tony messed up there. Our, I think our, our buddy, buddy Toby M was gonna AJ. make this. I think you owe AJ an apology.
2: Nothing personal, DJ. My bad. Sorry, apologies, nothing personal. Um uh, yeah, you were probably I he would probably be number one among 77s, uh, because Jake Long had to deal with the injuries because Jake Long, I'm still gonna say, would have been headed to the Hall of Fame, probably likely without a doubt, had it not been for the injuries. So he he was. Great until the injuries hit. Okay, so let's bring it back to 2023. We're going to right away, let's deal with the Tua situation because his name popped up. And then and again, in the comments, somebody was like, why are you talking about Tua being injured? Because he was on the injury report. Therefore, he is injured.
1: Um, (laughs) And uh, he is injured. He's literally, it's funny. And I said this to you when we weren't recording, but I will acknowledge this. Um, I generally try to videotape Tua walking out to the practice field because that's usually some of the best stuff that I can get. He's very charismatic. Sometimes he's dancing. Sometimes he's doing something. Um, to yesterday, he was limping out to the practice field, and I was so focused on getting the shot right, I didn't even notice the limp till people in the comments of the picture said, hey, why is our quarterback limping? And um, and that was before he came out with on the injury report. So props to everybody with a sharper, keener reporter eye than myself. I was worried <laughs> about my videography skills.
2: There, there you go. It's that's what happens when you do multimedia. Um, I was at practice today, as I tweeted and wrote on AllDolphins.com. Very good. they very good. Dude. Good prop man there. He looked fine. Uh, he. Again, in the in the portion of the practice that was open to the media, while his teammates were stretching, he was throwing passes with somebody alongside him. I'm not quite sure who. And the two court, the other two quarterbacks on the other side, and he was throwing fine. And after every throw, he would do a little stretching with the with the legs. Uh, again, he's listed with a quad issue, so maybe he was loosening it up. And then, in some passing stuff, in the open portion, he was throwing the ball. Some short, some deep. Didn't notice any issue with, the with throwing the ball, which which would be an, an obviously an, an, an effect of having a thumb injury. So uh mm-hmm. th- My th- the fact remains...
1: is that it's a thumb to the throwing hand.
2: Okay, hold on. Before you go there, he's still listed as admitted. Go ahead.
1: Thumb to the throwing hand of a quarterback who doesn't have the strongest arm. And I am admitting How dare you, that. How I am dare you. admitting that? Is a concern. Um, now will it impact him in a performance because I supposedly there's going to be rain, you two and rain, thumb injury.
2: It's not ideal. The, the last weather report I saw, and I don't know which one is the best. One, how about the weather? Let's do the weather channel. Go ahead, keep talking. The,
1: the, the, it. it that's a little bit concerning, but I don't want any excuses. No excuses on this performance and this game. The stakes are high. This is what you play for. Imagine it is a elimination game at Alabama, the SEC. Call it the SEC championship game that gets you to the title game. You win this. You set yourself up perfectly. You're either the number one or number two seed, and Truthfully speaking, and I know Tua does not care because he continues to tell us he doesn't care, but I promise you, your agent does care. If you become the MVP of the league, you will be the NFL's highest paid player. So I know you don't care, and I truly do know Tua does not care, but you should, and your team should, and your teammates do. And if you win these next two games, you will be the MVP of the NFL. So, hopefully, this thumb is not an issue.
0: Okay. Stop saying that. I'm going to say it again. Not Tyreek Hill. It's not going to be Tyreek.
1: Tyreek will have to put up 400 yards of offense in the next two games to be named MVP. You believe that's happening on a on a on a bad ankle?
2: Again, let's see how the games play out. Let, let let let's just say that I will agree that he will put himself in a, in a in a front runner position. I bet to make it categorically, it'll be his. Two the MVP if if, mm-hmm. if the Dolphins win the next two games. You didn't you didn't say like if, if the John- Dolphins win the next two games, it will be his. Okay, and I would agree with you if he had been rephrased. If two wins the next two games, meaning his play is the biggest reason they win. Maybe, I, maybe I'll maybe i go there. But if the Dolphins win the next game again, if they win 14-10 to 10 against Baltimore on Sunday because the defense completely balls out and wins the game. And then who
1: gets it. it? And then who gets the MVP? I don't know. Let's talk. Because he's, he's already beaten Lamar. That would be it. It's an elimination round. One of these, Whoever wins this game is out of the MVP running. You
0: will acknowledge okay, so now, Hold on. Hold on. Hold who on loses this game. Let,
2: me, let me illustrate this too, with all due respect. The silliness the st- of that argument.
0: You okay. can say the
1: stupidity of that argument. Oh, I was about
2: to go there. So already, tour should be eliminated because he lost to Jalen Hurst, who's an MVP candidate, and he should already eliminate it because he lost to Patrick Mahomes.
1: No, we're in the final month of the season, and the stakes are high. These have ramifications. You know you are the one that statistically said the MVP goes to the, the, the quarterback of the number one team in the NFC or the number one team in the AFC? That's
2: what it's been, yes, for the past 10 years. And what I am saying, what I am saying also is that there's a, there's in, if you believe the national media, there's a suggestion that maybe this is a year they actually don't go like blindly into this has got what it's got to be. This has got to be got to be it.
1: Herd mentality media. Come on. You think well, we're going to, you think we're going to stray from the herd mentality. Are you crazy? Maybe, maybe first of all, it's it's not the, the
2: whole media is going to do it. It's the 50 voters, okay? And then we'll see how it plays out. But I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. Let's see how it plays out. Weather report here, I'm looking at AccuWeather. Weather is going to be perfectly fine on Sunday. Actually, that's cannot be more perfect for New Year's Eve in Baltimore. It says here, 51 high 51, low 36, times of clouds and sun. Doesn't say anything. Five percent chance of rain, and the wind is eight p is my eight p m. Eight miles per hour.
1: Can't All ask great. for anything better than that. All Seriously. right, I'm good. Okay. I'm good with that. Hell, it's I hear it's supposed to be cold down here on New Year's New Year's Eve. Oh, it's cold today. It's a
2: crappy day with yeah, rain. No, it's,
1: cold. it's absolutely cold today. Um, but we complain about sixty degree weather. So you know it is what it is. Um, let's get to the rest of the injury report instead of just focusing on our MVP candidate Tua Tonga the other, the other, MVP. The yeah. other, you see, you didn't even let me give you a layup. You didn't even let me throw you an alley-oop. Look at, look at that. The other alleged MVP candidate. Huh?
2: they can't be my tumbo.
1: Huh? Uh, um, Tyreek Hill practice today. We all know Tyreek is going to practice. He's uh, uh, later, he's going to skip Wednesdays and practice the rest of the week. When you play on a bad ankle and, and produce 99 receiving yards on nine catches, I think you're all right. I, 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 and I know he's not himself, but he's still the scariest man in the NFL. Now Tyreek did give an endorsement that he is confident that Jalen Waddle is going to play. And my colleague here, this guy that wears an Expos hat says absolute bull crap. Why? So Pupar,
2: you're not playing. Uh, and first of all, I'm, this is not, I, I've said that from the start you have. Um, now, Adam, Shester, Shester, Adam Schefter reported it, citing sources um, that Waddle is not expecting expected to play. Well, first, all, Mike McDaniel confirmed this, it was a high ankle sprain, and even though he called it not too severe, we never, we have still have not gotten a clear definition of Tyreek's injury, mm-hmm. whether it was indeed a high ankle sprain. But he didn't play the first game afterwards, and Tyreek is a different dude.
1: Uh Hold on. you're saying he's not as tough as J- as uh, you say Tyreek. I mean uh Jalen Waddle's not as tough as Tyreek. Jalen, Jalen- Waddle is very is very, very
2: tough. In fact, the guy had a played with a screw in his foot uh in the national championship game his last year at Alabama when nobody thought there was even a remote chance he could play. Uh so I'm not questioning Jalen Waddle's toughness in the remotest, but I'm also acknowledging that, that Tyreek's a different dude. Uh and Tyreek couldn't play and high ankle sprain. I'm sorry, guys who play like the week after it happens, that's extraordinarily rare, if not borderline unprecedented. Uh, And now he didn't practice again on Thursday. That's two straight days. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. I I could be wrong, been wrong before, will be wrong again. I think we can
1: agree that if he doesn't practice on Friday, um, the chances of him playing are slim. And understand that, even though Mike McDaniel has basically made these, this three game stretch, the monumental stretch of the season, um, this Dolphins team is already qualified for the playoffs and they need to get their best players ready for the playoffs. And Mike McDaniel's barometer of whether he should play a player or not is, could I do more harm to this player impacting his future availability? If I play him in this availability and Yes, I'm not disagreeing with you that Jalen Waddle fits into that category. I think his only chance of playing is he goes out of practice on Friday, shows the coaches, I'm good. Yeah, I'm playing through pain, but I'm good. Uh, If that doesn't happen, I can absolutely agree with you that he's not going to play. He is in a walking boot, which is normal, typical. Um, Durham Smite and Alec Engel, they've spent months, they spent a month in a walking boot for ankle sprains. So um, this is not out of the norm. Um, You know, Liam Eikenberg is finally out of his walking boot um, and he's been playing in games. So when when they have walking boots, they wear them around the facility and they might take them off and go practice and then put them back on. So that's just the norm. Um, Another injury that concerns me and um and I've seen this injury for a little bit now but we've had Lester Cotton on and off the injury report with the hip issue and he was on the injury report today limited practice participation um the reason why this is concerning to me is because you don't have any more depth you're done you're out of depth you're you're you are past the point of having any more backups capable of stepping in and holding the line. And that's speaking of holding the line. That's a column I'm writing for AllDolphins.com, giving the offensive line, the praise and respect that they are due because truthfully speaking, if I don't do it, nobody's going to do it in my media contingent, not calling anybody out, but we all know who's obsessed with offensive linemen. That shall be me. And if you think about, what this line has accomplished understand they came into the season as the most maligned unit on the team correct for part yes okay they are now the no fifth- no not, no sorry
2: or and i don't know if malign is the right word or or, or doubted or or question about tight end
1: Durham's a reliable, capable starter. They,
2: Durham's a reliable Correct. And they have, you have a journeyman veteran as a backup, and you have an undrafted rookie free agent.
1: Yeah, but you came into the season, you didn't know about Austin Jackson. You, you poo-pooed on Liam Eikenberg. You know, the Patriots gave up on Isaiah Wynn. Could Teron Armstead stay healthy? Connor's doing the holdout. Um, you know, you had, you had depth concerns. And this unit, they are... Number three in sacks allowed for the season in the NFL for fewest. They're number two in pressures allowed in the NFL for the fewest. They have the fifth best rushing attack and really have only become the fifth because they've had two struggle games. And they've spent most of the years either number one or number two and mostly number one. Um, And they are doing it with four backups and Teron Armstead. So let's give them a little bit of respect and praise for what they've been able to accomplish. But now, it's a little concerning for me that Lester Cotton is on the downward slide because he's just okay. Now, will an injured Lester Cotton be able to hold the line? Or... Is,
2: is this where Jonathan Harrison and and or Matt Skura make their debut and help out if something happens to Lesser Cotton? Because he's been dealing with this hip injury for a while, as you mentioned before we started recording. Uh, however, the, he, the fact is he was not on in the injury report Wednesday, and then he showed up as limited today, which suggests an aggravation of the injury during practice. And if you're aggravating an injury that had you on the injury report before, it it is indeed concerning. So this is where Harrison or Skura could come into play. And let's also mention that Liam's not operating at full capacity because he, again, was listed as limited today with calf and ankle injury.
1: Yeah, Liam hasn't Uh, participated in a practice that I've watched in two weeks.
2: Well, and he had a pretty big wrapping around his left ankle today as we could observe. I'm not I'm not saying anything I'm not allowed to say because we could observe it and there was there was a lot of lot of wrapping around that left ankle. That's a little bit concerning.
1: Um as Tehran says nobody cares.
2: No, nope, nobody cares. And here's the other thing too is is and I don't want to take any away from the work of the offensive line or Butch Barry, but as I've mentioned several times, the offense makes it easier or early, helps alleviate the pressure of the offensive line as Omar throws his head in the air. For those of you listening on the podcast, uh, with all the quick passing, and this is also, there's a, there are a lot of bubble screens. There are some jet sweeps with two with are just tossing the ball in front of him, which counts as a passing play. There's also the quick slants. So when and then Omar is giving me this look like, like a disapproving dad. I'm sorry, Omar. I'm sorry. Will I still be able to get dessert? Okay. Uh, and so the thing is, when we're talking about the fewest number of pressure, and then this the, the thing that keeps getting mentioned all the time without ever any caveat or context or explanation or nuance, is that will gets rid of the ball in 2.35 2, 2. seconds like that. Yes, he makes very quick decisions. Yes, he reads the the ball very well. Yes, he has a quick release. All of that. Do not discount or forget about the fact that they throw a lot of very quick passes.
1: Okay. So so does every other team in the NFL. Not as as much. much. Not
2: as much. Correct. Not as much. For example, if you look at the Tyreek third down and three conversions for 10 yards at the end of the game, how long do you think Tua had the ball? (sighs) 1.3 1.3
1: three seconds
2: was it even that long it was basically a step turnaround and throw it okay well as,
1: as you see it all throughout sports in football on every single level now and i'm sorry if that's what i'm gonna do with the best weapon in football i might my- football see my point i'm not I, arguing- i'm not i'm not i'm not missing your point i find your point disrespectful because they're doing exactly what every other team is doing yes they're doing it at a high level but they're also doing it at a better level they also have the biggest deep biggest big play producing offense in the NFL I,
2: dude i completely agree with all of those points i'm just pointing out that when we talk about the offensive line and just just break it down and bring it to strictly well look at the number of pressures they're giving up or the the the, the, the you know that factors into it and it's brilliant. I, I'm not saying anything negative about it.
1: No, you used it to I'm- water down. It's like it's like you took you, it's like you had a pitcher of lemonade, fresh homemade lemonade, and you took a jug of water and you just poured it all in the lemonade, just watered it down. See, it's not that good lemonade anymore, because now it's got all this water in it. Now it's not even that sour anymore. Yes, you did. You watered down what the offensive line has been able to accomplish by giving it praise to how quick the offense operates yes they they operate quickly Correct, and
2: it's a hat it's a hat tip to mike mcdaniel helping out his offensive line that, that's all i'm doing I, it, it it's, is
1: it's good okay. coaching it's also great protection um there are third down instances where they just don't yes, check the ball down correct. there are Absolutely. there are there are so many games in this season they have run an eight minute offense and a four minute offense to destroy the clock they did it it wasn't. It wasn't anybody else but the offensive line. But you, you don't want to give him that credit. You don't. You don't want to say.
2: Time 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 again. Look at the drive against Dallas, dude. Exactly. I, am, I am. I am. They've done that more. I am trying, than I am trying, than trying to happen. I mean, I am trying to give credit to everybody who deserves credit, and not being so narrow-minded when it comes to certain stuff. For example, I can recall quickly three plays on that game-winning drive. The first play is what is a quick swing pass to Devon Hanchan. Mm-hmm. That's not that's doesn't ask your offensive line to do a whole lot. Hold the block for one for half a second, really. And there was also the third and three play to Tyreek, <coughs> who, who who did the the blocks on the outside. It was Braxton Berrios and it was. Who was the other one who did
1: it? Everybody. I'm never I'm not taking anything that's, away that's from what everybody. Saying. What what I am saying is let's give this offensive line some respect that they are due. They're doing this with the absolute, eighth and absolute, ninth yes. offensive lineman on the team. Yes,
2: yes. Agreed. They
1: they have had 11 different offensive line combinations. The only team in the NFL that's had more is the New York Jets. And look at where they are. Yes, they lost Aaron Rodgers. Okay, but They've given up – the New York Jets, I think they've given up 172 pressures. Th- like, that's ridiculous.
2: Lesser, lesser quarterback, lesser offensive weapons, lesser lesser offensive hey, mind. Uh, I mean – All fair. Come on. I mean, seriously, two or Zach Wilson, uh, Tyreek or Garrett Wilson, no offense, who's very good, but he's not Tyreek. And then you have Mike McDaniel or Nathaniel Hackett.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Timeout. I'm going to timeout you. I'm going to timeout you.
2: Should I go in the corner?
1: No, if I told you and I don't want to I'm not going to fight about offensive line. You know, I will. But if I told you before we began the season that every single member of your offensive line is going to be finishing the season injured and that you're going to have Teron Armstead and four backups on your line in the most critical stretch of the season. You your thoughts to how successful the Miami Dolphins would be is what?
0: uh
2: if you presented black and white like that, yeah, obviously it's not a recipe for success, but knowing what I know about about the skill position players the Dolphins have, plus a plus Mike McDaniel in the play calling, again, they're making it work. And also hats off to G- to Chris Greer, and I know there were some complaints about, well, did the Dolphins do enough to address the the depth on the offensive line? Yeah, they did, because the guys that they have and this is, again, this is my hat tip to you, Omar, and to those guys, is the guys that they, who have been put into position to play because of injuries, Liam Eikenberg, Lester Cotton, Robert Jones, Kendall Lamb, they've all done a very solid job. That depth is a lot better than the, than the Jets depth, than the Giants depth. Uh, in fact, if I, I, I and I'm not sure I'm going to do the research of every single team, but it I, I'd be hard pressed to find that many teams who have better a better second unit on the offensive line than the Dolphins.
1: Well, now that they played and established themselves, yeah. I I'm, I'm not gonna argue with you on that. But he, but
2: I mean so. we had
1: to get there. And he, it's not pretty. It's it's yeah, not pretty. Well.
2: And, but. And, but again, it's also married into the fact that they have again great skill position players, a quarterback having a fabulous year, and then you have you have a, a, a great play caller and with a scheme designer. Okay, one quick point I wanted to make about Tyreek moving back. We're going to move away from the
1: offensive line. Um, you always want to move away from the offensive line. Go ahead.
2: We've only talked about it for, I don't know, 45 minutes. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I asked Tyreek today about how tough it was, as much of a competitor as he is, to miss the game against the Jets, and he gave a very interesting answer starting off with, yeah, I hated it, uh, but then he also said, because of the way it turned out and because of the way two and water were able to ball out, plus the fact that it gave him an extra week to rest the ankle, he basically called it a win-win. Like almost saying is the best thing that could have happened. So I, I found that interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, let's go down these other injuries. We'll just do the changes.
1: Robbie Chosen participated in practice in a red Jersey, yeah. which means he's in the third step of the concussion protocol. Um, so he I needs to- the,
0: next step,
2: the next step. He has to do a practice without the red Jersey, go th- get through that fine. And then it will be good. I think that's how that works. It's very complicated. <laughs> uh, it's Austin no. Jackson also had a red Jersey.
1: <laughs> who by the way, who
2: Austin Jackson also was at practice with a red Jersey was listed as limited. Now they're listing Robert Hunt as limited from the portion of practice we were allowed to watch. He took part in the stretching, left the field, um
1: could possibly have returned. We don't know. Well, but... well
2: if he's listed as limited, yeah. I don't believe you get just you get a limited strictly for stretching. I, I have to like clarification on that.
1: Yeah. Um, um... Uh, earlier this week, Mike McDaniel talked about the possibility that Robert Hunt could be elevated into the day-to-day category, not week-to-week, day-to-day. That's how Mike McDaniel kind of narrows it down. Robert Hunt was previously in the week-to-week when he was sidelined for a month, then sidelined for three games. Now he's in the day-to-day. Would I put money on him playing? Absolutely not. Um, But it's a step in the right direction possibly for next week or maybe gets himself to the point where he can be activated for the game but not necessarily start but serve as a backup like austin jackson did last week um these are all injuries to every single one of these offensive linemen i don't want to talk offensive linemen even though you triggered me um that these guys are gonna have to play with austin jackson that thing ain't going away it's not going away he's gonna finish the season with an oblique issue there's a tear and he's going to have to play with it and probably bandage it up and shoot it up and to get through games. But this is, as, as Teron Armstead has lectured us, this is the part of the job when you're an offensive lineman, especially at the end of the season, and you have to hold the line. And uh, if you if you want to know who has received the most praise, amongst their teammates and from their coaches for what they're accomplishing at this point in the season it has been the offensive line but we shall turn the page who else is injured pupard
2: okay well if, if, the rest is all the same i mean everybody was limited the only two who did not practice mm-hmm. as listed on the injury report are waddle as we discussed in raheem Mostert, who's got a knee and ankle who omar and i both feel will play i do want to touch on the, oh, Raheem's the raven playing.
1: Yeah, Raheem is okay. absolutely Mike McDaniel saying, "Yeah, he said that's not a tree I want to climb." Like trying to get Raheem to not play, like that's not even going to happen.
2: Two key ones for the Ravens: Zavon
1: came back, and that limited, okay. limited. But I mean, we know Turf Tone's not going away. You're, you, they're just trying to guard him from making it worse.
2: Yeah, and there was another one like Hunt who did the stretching then left while Ooh, we were. HN? Yes, while we were in the in the media viewing period, and I guess he came back and did some work for the Ravens. Two guys to keep an eye on. Zay Flowers did not practice for a second consecutive day with a calf injury. That's that's the guys.
1: That's massive.
2: Yeah, that's their big play wide receiver, the rookie from Boston College by way of South Florida. He went to South um, Broward. I, don't
1: uh, I I think University. I can't remember which school, but yeah, he's. I think you might be uh, right university school he's a he's a baller he is a really really good player um he's probably the closest thing i've seen to Tyreek Hill since Tyreek Hill came out um in terms of stop start quickness acceleration he's 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 that dude um and then the difference um, the
0: differences is, the
2: difference is, is that Tyreek is put together even though he's he's, he's short he's put together and then Flowers are smaller and then the other one is Kyle Hamilton uh who, as I said yesterday on the show, sorry, Dolphins fan, Javon Holland's very good, but Kyle Hamilton's been the best safety in the NFL this year because a dude in San Francisco who's an absolute stud uh, towards ACL. Kyle Hamilton was limited today after being DNP on Wednesday. He's got a knee injury, and if he's not in the lineup, that's huge for the Baltimore defense.
1: Um, also, you got two other injuries Patrick McQueen with a shoulder and Roquan Smith with the pectoral. Both of those are your inside linebackers, they both participated fully. But, uh, as we know, it this the December games is about survival, man. And shoulder for a linebacker, um, I'm attacking it, I'm going. Um, and then you know, Roquan with the pectoral, so you know, the, all those things factor into your game planning. Um, could you attack Baltimore's linebackers? And what would that look like with your tight ends and with your backs and with your run game? Um, so that, that's something that that will, in my opinion, especially with Kyle Hamilton, will be a factor in that game. But we, we, we never know how it's going to play out. But as we know, the end of the season is about survival and it's about finishing and, and making it through um, the Dolphins have a laundry list of guys that are on the injury report, including their quarterback, including their pass rusher, um, Andrew Van Ginkle with a wrist and a broken nose, and um, that De- Von Achan, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, Xavier Howard with the hip and the thumb. I'm surprised they put the thumb back on it. He's had that thumb injury all season, he's played with it. Xavier's not making any excuses, um, but. You got to make it through, man. You got it's it's the survive the survival of the fittest in December football and right now the stakes are high because the winner of this game is in the driver's seat to have that first round bye and home field advantage throughout the entire AFC playoffs.
2: Yeah, and believe it or not, there's a big game in terms of the Dolphins and I did a Dolphins Week 17 rooting guide at alldolphins.com. There I'm you go. Slow. That that wasn't too bad. You
1: can get your free coverage of the Miami Dolphins. No subscription, no paywall. You just type it in, alldolphins.com. You click it. It's there. My columns, Poupard's columns, Pupard's stories, um, and these podcasts. Go ahead.
2: Um, It's actually semi-important for the Dolphins. Again, if the Dolphins take care of their business, they win their last two. They're the number one seed. No questions asked. No problem. But – If Cleveland could be kind enough to lose one of their final two games, it gives the Dolphins potentially a little bit of of margin for error to get that number one seed where they could beat Baltimore, lose at Buffalo, and still get that top seed if Cleveland could lose either tonight or at Cincinnati next week, and then if Baltimore could lose against Pittsburgh. And those Baltimore-Pittsburgh games traditionally are like three-point games.
1: And – Mike Tomlin could be playing for his streak of having a winning record. So Mike Tomlin is not going to not have a winning record. And, and with all the controversy that he's got going on in Pittsburgh, where Pittsburgh fans look like they're done with Mike Tomlin, um, trust me, that team could rally for their coach as, uh, you know, obviously they got a bad quarterback. I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm so interested in seeing what Mike Tomlin does when the Pittsburgh Steelers actually get a decent quarterback whether it be Russell Wilson, who's basically just been thrown off off his team. Um is he, is he decent? Russell Wilson's a top rated quarterback this season. I mean I, I don't I don't I don't like when people put that kind of statistically he's he's been all right statistically. So he's been
2: kind of been kind of like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I mean he's better he's better than Kenny Pickett. But,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. Hell, t- uh, I think Pittsburgh Steelers will be better with Ryan Tannehill. And you know how I feel about Ryan Tannehill. It's it's
0: they got nothing over there,
1: quarterback.
2: Well, Mason Rudolph had a good game last week, but that was one game.
1: He's Mason uh, Rudolph.
2: He's a former second or third round pick. Second second
1: North round pick, but from, from
2: Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. He's
1: been uh, the number three quarterback on their roster.
2: I know behind Mitch, behind Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky. Um, one other point in, regarding that playoff picture the Dolphins, in, in case you guys weren't aware already, cannot win the number one seed if they lose Sunday. Because Baltimore wins Sunday, they clinch the number one seed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, that's there. The coordinator spoke today. Um, takeaways? Nothing, takeaways, nothing over. It was actually interesting because Frank Smith because Mike McDaniel spoke before practice Wednesday and before Tua showed up on the injury report, and he doesn't speak again until before practice Friday. So the only person to ask about Tua's status was Frank Smith, and Frank Smith will defer to Mike McDaniel because he's the OC and Mike McDaniel is the head coach, kind of basically danced around with the idea like, you know, it's this time of the year, everybody's dealing with something, and then he joked that I have a paper cut myself. And of course, somebody joked about it. Said, okay, so what's your status for the game Sunday? And he goes, "I'm question. I'm going to be listed as questionable." Uh, Vic Fangio, probably the most interesting thing. This was this was cool. So in 2021, Dick Fangio was the head coach of the Denver Broncos. They played the Ravens, who had a streak of 42 straight games rushing for at least 100 yards as a team. They were at 97 in the last seconds of a 23-7 game that they were going to win, they got the ball back with like three seconds left, and they had Lamar Jackson run for a five-yard gain on the quarterback scramble. And the day after the game, not post, the day after the game on Monday when every coach does his weekly day after the game press conference, he basically called it BS. Uh, It's stupid to like risk injury in a situation like that, but that's the way they operate over there. So those comments have surfaced this week since the first time was facing the Ravens since then, and he was asked about it, and he proceeded to tell us that he couldn't care less if a team wants to run plays or not, but his players were upset about it. He hadn't met with them yet. He figured he would take care of the issue, close the book on it so his players could move on and not deal with it, which was actually interesting.
1: Okay. If you don't like it, stop it. Problem solved.
2: Well, uh,
1: I, I, I'm I'm all about if you got a streak like that on the line, I I am so into that. Uh, you, okay. you don't like it, you don't like it, stop it.
2: Okay, but well, you're you're not. There's three seconds left. It's the last play of a game in a 16 point game. Hold on, hold on. Let me play devil's advocate over yes, here. Yes, I'm
1: classless like that, Poop park Okay,
2: I, and what what about if you're you're on the on the defensive side? And you have a guy whose instincts react. And since the, the blockers want to get it done, boom sprained ankle or torn ACL on a meaningless play like that.
1: Could have happened on a meaningful play. Oh, well.
2: I understand. Be, be correct. But the thing is, why are you you're running a meaningless play? To keep alive a streak that's under normal circumstances. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like you then.
1: Uh, yeah, we we I didn't say we were alike. We aren't alike. It's no, which is that. which is why we are the we are the salt and pepper, the Oreo cookie version of Dolphins podcasting. Which, which one are you? <laughs> I'm salt because I'm I'm I'm, I'm zesty. That's because what I you're am.
2: Salty. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Eh, don't like it. Stop it.
2: Oh, Bobby Bowden said, said that one. I know you. I know you're a big Bobby Bowden fan. I, so I, I am a good.
1: Bobby Bowden disciple. That old man used to teach me lessons every day. Let me tell you my Bobby Bowden story. Can
2: I? Well, I was about to start mine. Oh, oh go you. Uh, uh, you got Bobby Bowden stories going ahead. I do. It was a 41-23 game. Uh, UM one. This was in their glory days. This was 84, 85, maybe 41-23 at the Orange Bowl, and they ran like a double reverse with two minutes left, and they're up by 14 or something or whatever the, the score was, but they were comfortably in front. And he was asked after the game, like, if he was pissed about it, and it was basically like, no, it's my sorry job to stop him, but that, you know, they shouldn't be worried about us. So I, I know mean, you get
0: yeah.
1: that. You got to call plays. Those backups, they need stats. They they want to operate. People want to say, hey, I had a successful, you know, that was an important streak to the Ravens. So you didn't like it? Stop it. Um, But anyway, um. My Bobby Bowden story, that old man, I, I loved him. I really truly did. He taught me so many lessons. I was a young Cub reporter with uh doing freelance for like three newspapers up against going to college and up against the pros. And literally I, I felt insecure about asking questions in front of their the their their Alan Poupards of the world. Um, and so what he'd do is he'd everybody punch themselves out and then he'd sit there and he'd wait for me. And to, uh, for my questions. And then he, a- and then he'd answer my questions and then he'd ride me in, in s- to this facility to tell me, get in the cart, ride me in. And and because I was young, like his players, he he literally teach me about football and life lessons and things of that nature and ask me about my family and things I was going, through. like I loved him. Like I truly did. And I, I, I always appreciate all the lessons and things that I learned from Bobby Bowden as did his players. So um it, it it's it's he'll always be special to me um
2: on, I, I love it too i have every interaction i ever had with him and this was a guy whose phone number was listed in tallahassee imagine that these days right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it was his real phone number too um he, listen bobby bound there that they, he was he was the last of a of a dying breed um and i will, will always appreciate him um, on that note, we will be back tomorrow, as we always are, alldolphins.com. You know how to find our work, and we thank you because we're at 2100, 21, 12,100 subscribers right now, which, uh, uh, you know, I admitted it last week, t- getting to 12,000 was our goal. I didn't say it openly because I just wanted to see if we would get there organically, and we are, and we continue truly, truly, to appreciate all of your support. Every time you click on a podcast, whether it be a video or audio, you're supporting both me and Alan and the product that you see here. Um, and we thank you for that. Hopefully we can continue to, to deliver what you want. And we'll be here all off season. We don't know what we'll be doing, but. we will? We'll be- oh, no, you will. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right. We will. You will be directing us and tell us what you want. And we'll see if we can deliver it for you here at alldolphins.com.